0: You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Lockdown MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Sully. Every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, Cubs fans? Welcome to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your favorite team every day. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow as well. That's simply at Lockdown Cubs. Now, a lot of fun stuff to talk about as the Cubs beat the Pittsburgh Pirates last night by a score of 4 to 3 starting off that series right. We will break down that game. Also, I want to take a deeper dive into Jock Peterson as he has been heating up, absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, bringing a little uh a little flavor with that stash too if you haven't noticed. Look around the NL Central standings as well. And I I went to a very fun event last night, part of Club 400 Cubs fans helping Cubs fans a great charity event. I'll uh, tell you a little bit about that because it was very, very fun and really an, an incredible experience. Now, like I said, the Cubs beat the Pittsburgh Pirates four to three. We are now half a game out of first place as those dirty birds, those St. Louis Cardinals lost yet again to the Chicago White Sox. The Cardinals just do not want to face Chicago baseball. They don't. So also also shout out to the White Sox. Check out Lockdown White Sox Podcast. You guys know me. I don't. I don't really root for the White Sox. I don't. But in this scenario, I am very happy that they are beating the Cardinals because we are right on their heels. They're scared. They're terrified. Those Cardinals see a big blue machine right behind them. They want no part of us. They're like, "Oh man, we should. We should have played better against them." Now they exposed us on national television. We're frauds. They know it. And we're, we're gonna. By the end of the weekend, I'm, I'm calling it right now. We are going to be in first place. The Brewers also lost to the San Diego Padres. So that's always great to see. And you know what we did to the the Pirates. So the NL Central standings are as such Cardinals still in first place, half game lead. They are three and seven of their last 10. That's bad. That is bad. The Cubs are 25 and 22, seven and three in their last 10. That's good. That's good. Brewers 24 and 24, 500 team. There you sit two games back, four and six of their last 10. And the. Cincinnati Reds are also uh, four games out of first. But wait, how is that? I'm sorry, I read that wrong. They are four games back. They're four and six of their last 10 also. That's what I meant to say. They have the same record in the last 10 as the Brew Crew and the Pirates are now 18 and 29. They're not a good team. They got off to like a 500 start. I really want us to think about, though, where the Cubs were on April 1st and where they are now on May 26th. We're in the final week of May. The Cubs have the second-best record in the National League in the month of May, only a game behind San Diego for that. Not that that means anything, but it's nice. It's nice to see, to be one of the best teams in baseball for an entire calendar month, especially after we were in April. Cubs weren't good in April. And on May 1st, we were good four games behind – five. four games under 500 i should say i'm sorry i think we were even were we five games back at that point not really sure but i know we were in last place on april 1st the cubs were in last place in the nl central and here we are now again i believe we're going to be in first place within a couple days so to be in first place on june 1st would be a really awesome thing to see and you got to give a lot of that to manager david ross David Ross has done an incredible job to me as a manager. Now I know some fans might be saying, well, I don't like the way that lineup looked the one day, or I thought he should have brought in this pitcher than this time and all. And I get that. And by the way, you're going to have that with every manager. It's true. There's not a single fan base in any sport that hundred percent is in lockstep with their manager or coach just doesn't work that way. There's always going to be a play that has you scratching your head. That's the way that goes. But I think he's done a tremendous job leading this team because it would have been so easy for this team to have just rolled over and died on May 1st. Being in last place, the future of so many players is in question. Just not a lot to get excited about. They were on pace to lose like 95 games at one point. And here they are now. I don't know what they're on pace to win, but it's definitely a lot more than that. I think they're probably like on an 88-game 88 wins maybe pace being three games over 500 currently. I'm not really sure. Again, you don't listen to this podcast for math, unless it's statistical math. I'm not making projections into the end of the season though. So a lot has turned around and I think you have to owe it to him. I think it really is. It's, it's a sign of the respect he gets from these players. Because again, on other teams you've seen, I remember, I don't know how old a lot of you are, but I've seen Cubs teams roll over for their manager. Just being like, all right, we're off to a bad start. It's at the point where this feels inevitable. And they just, they throw in the towel. He does not have them doing that. He's really got them playing their butts off. Even the losses this team has had. Again, they've won seven of their last 10. Even the three losses were all one-run losses. They have been in every single game. And as a fan, I've had the confidence in them to win every single game. Didn't have that always in April. There was plenty of times in April where I'm like, we are getting shellacked right now we're getting crushed this is not fun to watch well, what else is on should i go watch property brothers again i want to see how that house finished like what what else you know there was there were some struggles there but he's got them playing right and and you really got to tip your hat to cubs manager david ross which is great to see because he's a great person clearly okay look at the box score for this 4-3 victory here jake Arietta only went five innings two earned, three runs but two earned. Seven Ks to one walk is nice to see in five innings. His ERA is 4.37, five wins, four losses. Looked a little shaky there, Um, you know, getting hit hard because, again, he gave it five hits. But, again, battled back. Uh, Pitch count, 79 pitches in five innings. Okay, fine. But with this bullpen being as strong as it's been, you're okay with getting five innings from your starting pitcher. It's weird. I never thought I would say that. And somewhere my dad's listening, being like, back in my day, If Sandy Koufax only gave up, if Koufax only pitched five innings, he'd be so depressed he wouldn't eat for a week. If Don Drysdale, I'm hearing all these famous names from the 60s and my dad telling me what's up, but when you got Keegan Thompson coming in, giving you an inning and two thirds, two Ks, no hits, Andrew Chafin doing what Chafin's doing, I was hinting at Jock Peterson's season turning around because of the stash, Chafin walked into the season with that stash. Uh, Ryan Tapera continues to impress. His ERA is at 2.82, solidating two Ks. And then Dirty Craig Kimbrell comes in, save number 10 on the season. He did give up a double, but that runner was left stranded. And his ERA is at 0.90. But again, the Cubs, the Cubs are in it. So I don't I don't see him being traded anywhere. You know, that was the big rumor because he got off to such a hot start. They're like, ooh. If, he's, if he becomes the top closer like he was, because it really started for for Craig at the end of last year, really the final from mid-August on, he became the guy that's well on his way to the Hall of Fame. And I, and I do believe he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think any closer should get in first ballot because when you think about it, no offense, closers of the world, you're a failed starter You're someone who throws 60 innings on a season. So yeah, I don't think any closer should ever be first ballot, not even Mariano Rivera, kind of overrated maybe one of these days i'll do that's the kind of stuff that i should say for like off days i should have like a nice segment where it's like who's overrated like make a, a list of the most overrated players that could be an exciting thing to talk about speaking of things to get excited about everyone i really do believe you want to check out wealthfront you want to get on that wealthfront act everyone's talking about stocks and memes and rocket ships and all that fun stuff because let's face it day trading is cool right now it's in but If you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon for real, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data have shown that investors that trade individual stocks will underperform in the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. So team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront could really help diversify your portfolio, low-cost index funds, personalized just for you in mere minutes. And they got a great deal going on right now. To get your first 5,000 managed for life, for free, I should say, for life, go to wealthfront.com slash lockdown MLB. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you could get your first 5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com lockdown MLB. Now, built bar, everyone, these things are absolutely delicious and they've just added more flavors. Like, I. I'm, I'm really a big fan. I'm not even kidding you with you guys. I tried one recently. They've got coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie. That was the one for me. Double chocolate, salted uh, caramel or caramel. If you're boring. Um, I don't know. I just, it looks like caramel. People should pronounce it the right way and get this too. Here's the best part. 17 grams of protein. A great way to start off your morning, pre-workout, only 130 calories. I know everyone's worried about sugars nowadays, as you should be, really. Let's be honest with ourselves. Only four grams of sugar. That's just amazing. And a few of the flavors have different things, of course. So you might get a a little bit higher. But get this. It goes from four grams to five grams. And only five uh, net carbs as well. So you really can't beat that. And uh, here's what you want to do. You want to go to BuiltBar.com. Enter the promo code locked fifteen to get 15% off your first order. Now let's analyze Jock Peterson. Young Jock. That's what he calls himself on Twitter. He is a player that tore it up in spring, hit eight home runs, I believe, led all of baseball in spring training, looked great doing it too, just crushing the ball over the place, really fitting in well with his new team, the new atmosphere, and he's a player that's been clutch. He had 390 in the playoffs for the Dodgers. and Yeah, I think 390 as well in the World Series. Big home runs. I think he's got like nine career postseason home runs. His entire career, he's played October baseball. And I know he didn't come here to just try to rebuild his value to get a bigger contract. Well, of course, that was part of it. Anyone who sends a one-year deal is hoping to rebuild value so they could get a bigger payday. Don't get me wrong. He's on a one-year $7 million deal. We have an option for him. It's a mutual option, I believe which does work a little bit weird in Major League Baseball. If it's a club option, it's totally up to the club. If it's a player, totally up to the player. Mutual just means, what do you think? Do you Would you like to go out on a second date? Like It's kind of one of those type of deals. So he struggled out the gate for the Cubs. He got off to a real rough start. The entire offense did, really. That's the one thing, too. You don't want to get too high on spring training performances because they don't always carry over. So as much as we've been absolutely loving Nico and Nico, by the way, let's hope he's okay. Another, another hamstring injury. He gets hits his first two at bats and then he's trying to leg out hustling down the box because that's the type of guy Nico is steps on first a little awkwardly grabs the hamstring. At first I thought it was his knee, which a knee though is weird because it's if, if he would have torn something, he's out for a significant amount of time. But once the knee is repaired, you faith and trust in the knee again, unless you're Derek Rose, but with a hamstring that lingers. That's the thing with hamstrings. I hurt my hamstring a couple years ago and someone's like, man, eh, it's a thing you have to deal with now going forward, rest of your life. And there are players like that that completely healthy. They have a hamstring injury one year and then every year they have a hamstring injury. So hopefully it's very mild and Nico doesn't really miss any significant time. We just put Matt Duffy on the IL today. Everyone pro-, pro hitter, Matt Duffy, most responsible guy in baseball. I feel like he's a guy who when he borrows your car, you get it back with a full tank of gas. That's Matt Duffy. He had some lower back tightness. Hopefully he's not nothing serious with him again because the Cubs, again, they're firing on all, all cylinders. They're really looking, they're, it's all coming together. So you don't want anything to disrupt that. So I'm hoping Nico wakes up tomorrow and is like, I feel so much better. We did some treatments on it. iced it up real good. Maybe another day off and I'm ready to go. But I that's me being an optimist. I'm recording this late Tuesday night. You're hearing it on a Wednesday morning, so perhaps we already know, and you're listening going, well, we already found out, idiot. So like, I hope hope I'm right on that one. Now, Jock, you know, I mentioned Nico Horner because he tore it up in in spring training, and maybe if he would have started with the team, like he should have, he should have made the opening day roster, but maybe he would have slumped the first two weeks and everything changes for the course of his season. So who knows? A lot of domino effects at play here. But Jock tore it up in spring. Slow out the gate, ends up having to go on the IL. Comes back since coming back from the injury has been phenomenal, fantastic, and I like him in the leadoff spot. I know he's not a traditional leadoff hitter, but just a reminder: those don't really exist anymore. This isn't the 1980s where every team has a guy who could steal 40 bases at the top of the lineup. You know, it's the slap hitters, guys, just the center fielder who's real quick. You just don't see that that often anymore. It's just not. I wish it was like that. I wish it was a stolen base league again because I feel like that kind of excitement's been lacking from baseball over the last half decade or so. Since the Kansas City Royals, when they won in 2015, they actually stole a lot of bases. But since then, it just it doesn't. It's not a thing anymore. And I wish it would come back. But I like Jock Peterson there because he he's got enough speed to go first to third on a single, works counts and walks a lot. Yeah, the strikeouts are high, but I for some reason don't mind that out of a leadoff hitter. I hear a lot of people being like, Matt Duffy should lead off or Nico should lead off. And their whole rationale is, well, they they make consistent contact. And I go, okay, well, then they're leading off the game, grounding out. What do you mean? Like, I would rather have the guys who makes consistent contact in the middle or the back of the lineup. That way, when we have a runner on third base and nobody out, I could trust them to hit a fly ball deep enough to score the run or make contact to the right side to bring them in. How often do we have it where there's a runner on third and we have Hap striking out and then Bodie striking out or Hobby struck out earlier? You know, I I think the contact guys I'd like in more RBI positions. I don't mind a guy striking out a bunch leading off. You know, at that point, it's just another out. You only lead off the game once. And then for the most part, you're not coming up with that many opportunities because the pitcher's batting in front of you. Doesn't bother me as much. But again, he's hitting 350 since coming off the IL. And I was taking a deeper dive into his seat numbers over the last few seasons because I feel like a lot of Cubs fans don't. You know, again, he was replacing Schrober, a very popular player. And they're thinking his player profile is very similar to Kyle, so what's the point of all this? And I get, I get that. But I definitely think he's a better player than a lot of people even realize. His last full season, 2019-2020, he only started 43 of 60 games, so he's banged up a little bit, never really got... Fully healthy as I was reading during that 2020 season. And I know I've made this point a lot. A lot of great players, not saying Jack's great, but a lot of very, very good players had some pretty subpar 2020s. Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Pete Alonzo, Christian Yelich, Nolan Arenado. It's a long list of normal all-star level players who were just downright bad jock though went off in the playoffs though and that doesn't really factor into your regular season stats of course but it kind of made me I remember when people be like why are we gonna hit him look at he was terrible last year i go look at what he did to the best pitching staffs in baseball in, the, in october and that might change your tune a little bit he's even hitting lefties a lot better only hitting 240 against them though but that's a significant improvement that's enough of a split where you're comfortable starting him against most lefties but the 2019 season which was his last full season he had 36 home runs Slugging percentage, 538. Weighted runs created plus 127, which means he was 27% above league average. 100 is league average. He had a three-war, which is an all-star level. Typically around a three-and-a-half, four is about all-star, but a three-war is very, very respectable. And the war would have been even higher if he would have played decent defense, which he didn't. He was a really bad defensive year. He played a lot of right field and center field in Dodger Stadium, which is a much bigger power get alleys there. So different a far difficult, far more difficult, I should say. Come on, Joe, get it together, outfield than Wrigley Field. Now, what I like about seeing today is that it's new, it's Jack's, it was Jack's turn to win a game. And when you have a you don't want you never want to be a team that relies on just a couple of players. And for a while the Cubs were relying on Chris Bryant to do the damage, Javi to come up with a clutch hit. Rizzo to be solid, but really you need those new heroes every other day. Ian Happ the other day shined, and now it's Jack Peterson and Nico's been real consistent as a backbone in that lineup since returning from the aisle himself. I feel like I'm saying since returning from the aisle about way too many players, and hopefully that's enough of that because you got to stay healthy. Yeah, you got to stay healthy if you're gonna if we're gonna win this division. Again, we're really we're really starting to click and and make it so that I I want to see us add. I'm going to keep putting that out there. I want to see the Cubs at, you know, it's too early because right around mid-June, I feel like that's when we're going to get a sense of what's going to happen. The Cubs schedule does get more difficult in June, but I'm not scared. And neither should you as a fan. I really I have good feelings about this. Um, as long as the injuries aren't too bad, because then maybe you have to go out and get an offensive player. I don't know. But as long as we're looking or in the shopping mode, you hear that Jed Hoyer, you hear that Tom Ricketts, B shoppers. Don't need to sell. We don't need to sell anybody. We're the Chicago Cubs playing one of the biggest markets in baseball. We're adding more fans. 65, 66% capacity, I believe is coming in the next series. Money's going to be coming. $12 beers is what you're charging. You have your own sports network. You need ratings. Let's make it exciting. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you could track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and yes, UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't send the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in and all the action, all the fun. It's coming. The playoffs, the NBA playoffs have just started. NHL right there, too. So head over to the website on your laptop or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is a 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Promo code locked on. Now, Tuesday evening, I got to take part in the uh, Club 400 podcast. They were doing a live event at Parkside Pub in Huntley, Illinois, which is near the Crystal Lake area. They have their own beer, Club 400. It's kind of like a better tasting old style. And I kind of enjoy old style. It really, it was a solid beer. It was from Crystal Lake Brewery. I was a big fan of it. I should have, uh, I'm kind of kicking myself now for not bringing a case home with me. Cause it's something I definitely would enjoy with the weather heating up. You know, it felt like a good mix of a, uh, it was a lager, but like a summer lager. Yeah, I was into it. So a big shout out to Stu and William for having me on their podcast. Uh, Cubs super fan from the San Ranto podcast. Uh, Crawley was in attendance. So it was good to talk to him and it was, it was great. So the whole concept, everyone just give you a little backstory here. Club 400 is also like a charity. They host all these events at what is called club 400, which is the, it's a Cubs museum. Essentially. You've probably heard of it. If you're like a really diehard Cubs fan, I know like WGN and some local news stations have visited it. It's, Every like an insane amount of Cubs memorabilia. As soon as you walk in, you're like a kid. if you're a Cubs fan, you're it's like you're a kid at a toy store. The walls are just covered with the, and the rarest of things, in the display cases. Every not a detail was spared. It, I'm when I say it was. Pff, Stu, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I feel like it was easily seven figures worth of memorabilia down there, if not more. It was incredible. He's had events that have had Cubs players uh, present and past. Cubs greats, Mark Grace, Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson, they have been at Club 400. Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Ben Zobris recently, Miguel Montero, all there to support a great cause. And the one cause today, and uh, I I met the woman who was helping her friend uh, this woman, Nicole, I already forgot how to pronounce her last name. I'm so sorry. She was super cool. Big, huge Cubs fan and a great friend. Her friend, Heather has uh, cancer. Uh, so Heather, we're, we're pulling for you. And, um, Nicole got in contact with Stu and they were able to set it up to, to take her out to a game at Wrigley. Most recently against the nationals, uh, Shoreburn Lester return game. And it was just sounded fantastic. Like what they did for her great seats and um yeah just some some stuff that really just makes you think you know there's still a lot of great in the world everybody there really is and Wrigley Field is such a magical place that it can really lift your spirits and that's important when you're fighting cancer that that goes without saying so and Wilson Contreras I guess like came up and waved to her and said you know rooting for you and like talked to so that's just another reason to extend Wilson Contreras the man is a great catcher and a great human being. And hopefully that wrist swelling's going down as he set out Tuesday night's game. PJ Higgins was behind the dish. He seemed to have caught an effective game. Did ground into a double play at one point. That was really annoying me because we had first and third. I hate the first and third double play because, you know, if you just run a little harder, if you had a little more speed, if you beat it out at first, we get the run in, but it doesn't count. It, it's, you know, it's such a bummer and the two outs come through. I mean, it doesn't count as an RBI though. But if you get that field, there's choice there any, any way to scratch across the run. We love manufactured runs on this podcast. So I, in this, I couldn't even tell you what memorabilia piece of memorabilia was my favorite when I was down there. It was unbelievable. He had stuff that is only unique to that basement, like art pieces, commissioned art pieces that were like one-on-one. He had a full life-size Anthony Rizzo bobblehead that he told me was the only one of his kind. It was unbelievable. Believable. I have some pictures and video. I'd have to ask him if you would, if you'd be cool if I tweeted or posted. I don't know if you'd mind or not, but I want to, you know, want to be cool about it ahead of time. But I have to ask you guys. So I'm going to ask you, the listener. You could Gmail. Gmail is uh, lockdowncubs at gmail.com or just hit me up on Twitter at lockdowncubs. Tell me one of your favorite pieces of Cubs memorabilia and the story behind it. Now I'll tell the story of this one again. Eventually the video, I do film these podcasts and I've been sharing some clips on the lockdown Twitter, lockdown Cubs, Twitter account. But when the YouTube, the YouTube channel is in the works that will get started. And I'm going to be joining the lockroom app. So I'll be hosting like a live one where you all could participate and that's going to be really fun. So be ready for the details on that. That'll be probably be announced on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, that'll be uh Thursday's podcast. And, uh, yeah, so I'll figure that out, let you know. We'll have a lot of fun with it. But behind me is a Chris Bryant cardboard cutout. The type you'd see like a liquor store, like a display case kind. But it's really cool. It, it's not There's no beer logo or anything like that. It's just a Chris Bryant cutout. Now, my mom, when she got it for me, I was actually slightly annoyed when she got it for me because I was driving out to visit her. And I'm like, I can't. The car's full. Where am I going to put this thing? It's huge. You know, Chris Bryant is a tall. He's a tall drink of water, strapping man. I don't know where this is going to fit. But I was, of course, thankful for because it it's really cool. So thanks, Mom, if you're listening. But I'm going to question you, Mom, on how you got this. Because I, I didn't believe the story. She was at a bar, and the bar was like, oh, you're a big Cubs fan. Just here, take it. That doesn't sound right. I think she stole it. I think she stole it, guys. But my mom usually has good connections on stuff like that. So I almost feel like, yeah, she might admit it. But she's she's find some gems for me as a Cubs fan. This really cool 1984 NL Eastern Division. That's right. The Cubs used to be in the East. Uh, division championship uh, like shirt was really awesome. This mug that had all like the 84 Cubs like star players on it. It's a really sweet thing. And then she, one of my favorite pieces of Cubs Memorabilia was this authentic Cooperstown edition Ryan Sandberg jersey from the 1989 season, which the Cubs were again NL East champions. I remember when she gave it to me, it still the tag on it and I was like, ma'am, this is I know how expensive these jerseys are. These Cooperstown edition ones, these are so like a couple hundred dollars. It might be 250 bucks even. And she looked at me and she goes, I paid five. And at first, I'm like, five hundred? And she's like, No, I paid five dollars for it, idiot. And I'm like, Don't call me an idiot. I didn't appreciate that. No, I'm kidding. So I'm like, five bucks. I go, How did you get this for five dollars? Because it looks authentic. There's a tag on it. Apparently, there was a garage sale she came across in her neighborhood, and it was a woman going through a divorce who was selling all the ex-husband's stuff. And I guess one of the things he had had was a Ryan Sandberg jersey that I guess he bought or ordered and the size came in one size too small. So he'd been meaning to take it back, but apparently he wasn't faithful. So she's like, I'm going to sell this for whatever I could get. And it wasn't even about the money. It was more about, yeah, that cost you this much. I got five bucks for it. Like, kind of want to really twist the knife at that point. Am I right? And, but you know what, man, be a better husband and the Jersey looks better on me. Probably how about that? So that's another, that's one of my favorite pieces of memorabilia, because of the story behind it. I like a good story behind it. A lot of people would be like, Oh, I've got this really cool Ron Santo thing. And I'm like, where'd you get it? eBay. I'm like, all right. I mean, that's great, but I'd like to hear a fun story, you know, so maybe someone gave it to you. Maybe it was passed on from generation to generation. If you got a cool little Little anecdote, some fun little story. Again, hit up the Gmail. That's simply LockdownCubs at gmail.com. The Twitter you know is at LockdownCubs. I want to hear your stories. I'll read some of the best ones in the final segment. So, again, I just want to say big shout-out to Stu over at Club 400. I'm still just in awe at all the cool things you had in that basement. He had, like, theater-style seating, too, for watching big games. He looked one of those – Walls that was just TV, TV, TV on all the walls, just incredible. The bar had baseball bats all along the bottom that were signed, like game used baseball bats. Bathroom had a urinal in it. I was hoping for a trough, you know. I did, I did see a slop sink, but that was like a part of the basement that wasn't affiliated with it. But I'm thinking, if I got to pee, dude, I'm using your slop sink because I already feel like I'm at Wrigley Field. I feel like I'm in like a stadium club type sweet deal at Wrigley, and I'm not peeing in a urinal. I need, I need the trough. I need the comfort of a trough. So just to let you know, that's how I'm gonna do it. Okay. Now the Cubs big game tomorrow for the Cubs, not really a big game. It's just another game, but it's big for Cubs starter, Trevor Williams, Trevor Williams. It seems to be, uh, the guy who could be the odd man out in this rotation. If he continues to pitch the way he has, I'm rooting for him. He seems like a great kid. Father coming to the games, I think is a sweet story. Some people are a little annoyed with, Oh, well, I think I talk about him every game. I'm like, yeah, why not? It's a nice story. His father grew up a Cubs fan and his son now plays for the Cubs. That's, that's a dream. So I'm. I'm totally cool with everyone celebrating every chance they get. I'm hoping he turns it around. Showed some glimpses in his last start, but he needs to write the ship because there's a lot of arms at AAA that are knocking on the door, ready to make an appearance. And, you know, if, if he gets another start where he only goes a couple innings and gives up five or six, then yeah, bud, maybe we got to send you to Des Moines and work on some things or or give you a whirl in the bullpen, but can't be the weakest link for too long especially since, again, we are half a game out of first place. Jake Arrieta has been looking solid. Hendricks and Zach Davies has, have really turned a corner. And we know Adbert has been shoving. So I need we need Trevor Williams to step it up. And then, of course, to round out the series, you have Kyle Hendricks going against their best pitcher, Anderson, who's a lefty. The way Jock's been swinging it, I hope he's in that starting lineup, and I think he should be. He's definitely earned the chance to continue to prove himself against left-handed hitters as he's been doing as of late. So, all right, everyone, that has been the Cubs lockdown Cubs podcast. I should say your Cubs talk, your favorite team every day. I'm doing these five days a week. This is my second week as your new host of the lockdown Cubs podcast. I'm having an absolute blast. Do it. If you'd like stamp comedy, check out mine. If, if you're under 16, don't watch it though. Any of the children. It's, it's really not for you. It's simply just go to youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And as always, Go Cubs. Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.